Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. This election is coming faster, far faster than we think. And when you start taking a look at these numbers, right, I don't ever believe any one poll. That's not the point I make. You can start taking a look at trends. You can start taking a look at forecasts. You can start taking a look at a series of things and, and start to really get to some, some interesting moments of, oh, this is why people are going in the directions they're going in. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I spoke on the morning show about a piece of information from a New York Times Siena poll, right? The New York Times, grain of salt. They show that the gender gap has disappeared. In 2018, the gender gap was like, what was it, 68.50, something like that, or 68.40, meaning that the the vast preponderance of women were voting for Democrats over Republicans. In 2022, that number is 47.47. The number is 47.47. How in the world do you get to a place where you had a a gap of, of, of near, let's say, 20 points, and now you don't have a gap? Well, I, I want to give you two uh, potential reasons for that. This is the hill. This is their tweet. No U.S.-born black players on expected World Series rosters. You have the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Houston Astros. The Phillies have not been to a World Series. Uh, James, James in for Ryan today. James, uh, 2009? That sounds right. Yeah, I think that that is right. Phillies fans don't give a damn. They care about winning a World Series. It's Philadelphia. They need an excuse to burn it all down. And it's Philly. They they totally will. So that's reason number one. Let me give you reason number two. Blake Masters is running for Senate in Arizona. Right now, the people of 538 blog give him a one in four chance of winning. I think that they are way too confident in Mark Kelly the Democrat, the incumbent senator. Blake Masters tweets out, I oppose child sex change operations. Mark Kelly does not. Arizona, the choice is yours. I had started my response tweet by saying, I can't believe this is an actual subject in 2022. But I changed it to write, this is a bigger election issue than abortion. Progressives don't understand that. You know how I know this? The gender gap is even. The insanity of the progressive movement. 
you've got two teams in the World Series, and the problem is they don't have anybody on the team who was black and born in the United States. Check out all the, 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 the hoops you had to jump through to get to the moment. We've got child sex change operations as a topic of debate in 2022. Maybe progressives have gone a little too far and rational people, regardless of their political party, are like, I don't want any part of this crazy because this is crazy. There's a reason for this. There is a large, large reason for all of this. Meanwhile, the GDP numbers show that we're out of recession, but are they really good numbers? It it took a lot to break this down. I got with uh, Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Not only go over that, but the future of Facebook and what they've done to that company. Holy cow. Uh, Keep it here. That's up next. I'm Tony Katz. So the numbers are out for GDP. And on first glance, you're like, well, look at that. GDP is up 2.6%. This is fantastic. This is going on in quarter three. It's better than expected. Maybe this economy is back on track. But then you start reading and you start noticing the information within the reporting. If read separately would not make you feel good. But yet the number overall is certainly better than we all expected, and we don't mind when numbers are better. What is it that we should be looking at? And then you compare this with some things happening in the market. Agreed, it's not Midwest Main Street, it's Wall Street. And it all becomes a big mess. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will. On uh, the, the, the Twitter box, let's start going over this piece by piece. And the first is, Take the 30,000-foot overview. You see 2.6% in the third quarter versus the estimate of 2.3%, and you say this is good news, right? Um, well, yes and no, Tony. I mean, let's admit it. You and I talked about it. We were in a recession. Now we're not. So, yay, let's have a party, You know, throw the streamers in the air. We're technically out of a recession. But what President Biden should do, and here's the bat, is he should kiss Jerome Powell's butt because he should thank him for killing inflation. Because if you read the report, it said that the quarterly inflation was 4.6. Last quarter was 8.5. Tony, if it weren't for Jerome Powell killing inflation, we would have a negative GDP again of about 1.6%. It's all Jerome Powell. The president needs to thank him, send, send him a big bouquet of roses and say, Mr. Powell, I appreciate you killing inflation. Now, now wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a step not back. yet. How do we go from 8.2 to, to 4.6? That seems like a massive, massive drop. Well, it, it is, but it's the quarterly only number, just the quarter. So we had three quarters or three months, I should say, where the inflation was not as bad as the previous three quarters. That's all, Tony. We went from 85 to 4.6 as measured by the BEA, which is different than the people who measure the CPI. I know it's all these acronyms out there, but it's a different unit of the government. They have a different inflation measure. It's lower for these three months. So Tony, these three months, they looked good 
good. <laughs> they looked better than the previous three months. The BEA is the Bureau of Economic Analysis, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. But you start breaking down the numbers, and you start coming to the realization that, well, yeah, you can argue, uh, sir, that uh, Joe Biden should be thankful for Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, and for the increase, constant increase in interest rates. And you're seeing this now from European banks. They're still going full throttle at increasing uh, interest rates, higher interest rates, trying to bring down uh, the, the inflation. When you start taking a look at the numbers, you realize that a lot of this GDP growth comes from government spend. So break it exactly. down. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Tony. I, I, I just have to laugh because exactly that's what's happening. Is When you look at the parts of the GDP, government spending is up. So this is the drug. We talk about this about the stock market. The GDP has its drug. Its drug is government spending. This boosts short-term GDP. So all those spending bills that we've been talking about for the last three months have increased the GDP number. But the problem is this causes inflation and it causes future recessions. So they're setting the stage for another recession, Tony. Right now, I'm, again, I'm not a predictor, but I'm telling you, they're setting the stage for another recession. And Tony, on top of that, the supply chain is broken. This is not good news. One of the reasons the GDP is up because the supply chain is still broken. Exports are up, imports are down. You still can't buy anything, Tony. You go to the grocery store, the shelves are still empty. So that's boosting GDP. And the consumer is spending money, Tony. They're spending money on services, not goods. They're traveling. They're not buying durable goods that last more than three years in but their what, household. Durable but what's goods the difference? You you had texted me that because it because it was it was it was bothering you. I I want to know what the difference is. What does it matter if I buy a plane ticket or I buy a plane? Because Tony, to buy a plane is a one shot deal. It's a drug again. You buy that plane ticket, you spend that money on that hotel. That's good, but it's a short-term thing. You buy that refrigerator, and they have to have a factory, and they have to employ a person, and they have to buy steel, and they have to mine energy, and they have to sell the product through stores. Tony, it's a whole different animal to buy a durable good versus buying something that disappears instantly. And consumer spending is up, but it's on services. On goods, it's down. It's down dramatically on goods. This scares me. Now, now, it's up on services, it's down on goods, and your issue is, is that it takes a lot of people to create the good and keeps them employed. The less goods that are being sold, the more opportunity for less employment is, is in the future. Is, is that it? Am I connecting the dots properly? Yes, Tony, that's exactly correct. And if, if people shift over to this other report called the ISM report, the Institute for Supply Management, they say they showed last month new orders down employment in the manufacturing of new orders down backlog of orders gone inventories dropping 20 percent tony inventories the stores you go to the people that sell you the stuff the goods you buy they've dropped their inventories 20 percent and they're laying people off that scares me again tony the uh, uh, guy by the name of Paul Ashworth, who's the chief North, North American economist at Capital Economics, uh, stated that overall, while the 2.6% rebound in the third quarter more than reversed the decline in the first half of the year, we don't expect this strength to be sustained. Well, if, if it's as you're arguing, sir, that the strength comes from government spending, if the government spending isn't there, you don't have the strength in any level of GDP, and 
we're just setting ourselves up for either further, even further lows. Well, and that's I agree with him, Tony, because all the data says inventories are down. Housing investment, housing investment, Tony, was down 8.1% in the quarter. Savings rate is declining, so people are spending their savings. Again, we talked about durable goods, the core durable goods, down. Tony, there's a series of information that says uh, the next quarter doesn't look as good as this quarter. This quarter was a temporary bump due to government spending. And because the Fed got inflation under control to a degree, there's still some work to do, but to a degree it's under control. So, and, and, and that's just it, because the way you discussed it, you you would it would be like you were thinking, okay, the Fed has done its job. They don't have to raise interest rates anymore. This this isn't uh, this isn't necessary. I I don't, of course, I don't agree with that. When I talk about some of the uh, other banks, uh, the European Central Bank, they just hiked rates by seventy five basis points, and as CNBC writes, it they're scaling back support for European banks. So uh, you still are going to see, you would still expect to see, sir, uh, an increase in interest rates and that the Fed is not coming off its target of 46 to 4.8% on the federal funds rate, which is the rate that banks utilize to lend money uh, amongst themselves. No, Tony, they're not going to stop because they want to make sure inflation is under control. And there's a, it's too complicated for the, the, the show here, Tony, but there's another thing coming in, that's a credit crutch. There's a credit crunch that's happening in Europe. The UK has just experienced it, and there's going to be default on credit. There's going to be banks calling their loans in, and this is going to cause rates to go up again. And that's, a, that's a, another area that we need to be watching out for. Again, a little nerdy topic, but there's more bad news on the financial horizon. Yeah, we don't mind a nerdy topic. Something else that you mentioned, two things that you mentioned that are giving you pause while people are, are cheering this. And, of course, uh, the, the, the market had responded in, in the early morning hours by going up 300 points. This is terrific. This is wonderful. You often talk about uh, everything's a drug uh, to, to the markets. You talked about housing and um, inventories. So inventories are shrinking. And we see this, for example, there's a, a story about how in uh, diesel, uh, we have only stores for 28 days. I don't know what the standard storage amount is for diesel, but it, uh, off the cuff, it doesn't sound good. You're talking about trucks and how things move from point A to point B. Inventories are down. Housing purchases dropped 8%. And consumer spending, as you said, on, on services, not goods. And that the savings rate, declined um give break those down in their uh component uh pieces right the inventory issue the housing purchases down and the savings rate decline all these put you in a bad mood why yeah because tony it goes to again stuff not services so we're talking more inventories are down which means that the stores walmart's Kohl's, you know you name it there you go in their stores they don't have as much inventory they are smarter than you and I, Tony. These people make billions for a living, and they see no sales in the future. Tony, we're going into Christmas season. They should be loading up an inventory, yet their inventories dropped 20% last month, 20%. So the stores think you're not going to buy anything. The, the durable goods, the stuff you would think you're going to buy a TV, you know, you go on, on Black Friday and you load up with big screen TVs, well, apparently they don't think that's going to happen this year because they're not buying big screen TVs and they're not making big screen TVs and the supply chain is so slow, they're not going to get here anyway. 
So yeah, those things, Tony, this is the opposite of what should be happening this time of year. You should be expanding your, your employment base. You should be making more stuff. You should be having more physical hard goods in your store, and we have 20% fewer. The, the overall here is that the 2023 numbers, when we discuss the idea of recession, and, and I have been saying we're in a recession. You're saying technically because of this, we're not in, in a recession. I have got CEO after CEO saying 2023 looks like hellfire. This is going to be very, very bad. Are they looking at the indicators that you're looking at, or is there something else that they view? that says uh, this nice little blip, but this isn't the story. The story is it's going to be rough into 2024 and beyond. What is that? No, they see the same data we see. They see the exact same information. They see a decrease in inventories. They see a decrease in consumer spending. They see consumer spending coming from savings, not from income. No, they're looking at the same information. And the next 12 months to 24 months don't look very good in their mind. Let's now uh, talk about the how the market responds. The market responds by by going up, right? The market responds by going up, and everything is 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 peaches and cream, and who knows how that how that's going to to, to stay, uh, how that how that's going to play out for the rest of, of the day. Uh, at what moment do they say, "Okay, that was fun," but the reality is, <laughs> you know, Tony, it's funny you say the market's up. Well, why do you say that? Nasdaq is down. I mean. So, you know, S&P is up, Dow Jones is up, but then the NASDAQ is down, which is a tech-heavy index, which means everything related to technology is taken in the toilet today. So uh, markets up some places, it's down in other places. The market is very confused at the moment. It likes the fact that we're out of recession. It likes the, that's, that's good news. But remember, the market is short-term. It thinks minute to minute. And so, yes, I would say minute to minute right now, we're out of a recession. Let's all have a party. And then after the party and you have your hangover, we got to take a look around and think, oh, maybe the party was overblown. You bring up tech. Uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, joins us. We're going to get into that tech uh, conversation because I want to talk to you about some things happening specifically with Facebook uh, going on and get your take on it. So uh, st- stay there. Uh, we'll have more with Dr. Matt Will coming up. Just uh, keep tuned to the show. And we will get to that. I'm Tony Katz. So I wanted to continue this conversation with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, because, you know, everyone's talking about the GDP number today, that the 2.6% were out of a recession. But as as we've broken down the number, what, what you find is that not everything is okay. We've seen some serious issues with the numbers. But then we get into this really fascinating part, too, about how the tech stocks in America have lost $3 trillion in market cap over the last year. And Meta, which is what I don't know why Facebook has decided to call itself Meta, they're down 24 percent, the lowest price since 2016. So never mind that, you know, we might ask, is that a buy at this stage of the game? What in the heck is going on? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, guys. Always the pleasure, Dr. Matt Will. He is back with us on the the line right here, economist at the University of Indianapolis. 
Let's talk overall just for a, a moment. Those Fang stocks, uh, stocks, right? So that's Facebook, that's Apple, that's Amazon, uh, that's that's Alphabet. Um, uh, I, I I I forget what the N is, and the G was Google, but now they just call it because it's Alphabet. That's just Fang. That's what they call them. Down in very very large ways. Why is tech taking such a beating over the last year? Well, by the way, the N is Netflix. Netflix, um, right? Thank you. So the, the reason they're taking a beating, Tony, is because there's two reasons. One is they're a leading indicator. They kind of tell you what's going to be happening in the economy in the future because these are heavily advertising-dependent mechanisms. They're the, the, they're the new ABC, CBS, NBC. They're the new New York Times, Washington Post, Washington, Wall Street Journal. Those organizations that were depending on ad revenue dollars are now the fame stocks. That's how they get their money. Um, other than Amazon, of course, Amazon does more than that, but they're also in that category. So that's why they are leading indicators. So that's one of the reasons. The second is, Tony, it's vaporware. Facebook is vaporware. This stuff can disappear tomorrow. It was MySpace. Today it's Facebook. Tomorrow it's TikTok. This company could be gone tomorrow. I mean, Yahoo disappeared. People thought Yahoo would never disappear. Along comes uh, Google. Poof, Yahoo's gone. So they're very finicky stocks, Tony, and that's what causes them to be kind of leading indicators of what's going to happen in the economy. So on this idea of finicky, Meta is down 24%. Uh, you, you've got Facebook, you've got WhatsApp in there, Instagram is in there, the entire Oculus world, that virtual reality world. What in the world is going on with this company right now? Okay, Tony, let me give you, I don't like to correct the host, but down 24% in the last day, down 75% in the last year. This was a trillion dollar company. They are now worth 263 billion. Let me say that again. This was a $1.07 trillion company on September 7th of last year. Today, they're 263 billion. That, that's a lot of money to lose, Tony, in the course of 12 months. Yeah, it is. Um, but y- y- let me tell you, I like your first statement at the beginning of this segment, which was, what the heck is the word meta? That's their problem, Tony. Their problem is meta. They decided to spend $10 billion on the development of the metaverse. And it sounds like, a, it sounds like something from a Marvel comic movie. They want to spend $10 billion on the metaverse and that caused their cash flows. Get this, Tony. Their cash flows, the money in their pocket, in their checking account. Last year, $9.7 billion. Today, $316 million. $9.7 billion to $316 million in 12 months, Tony, because they spent all this money trying to create the metaverse. Well, so so they made a they made a gamble. They made a bet about what they think a future business is, and 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 just as a a, a practical piece of, of information, October twenty fifth of twenty twenty one, the stock price was three hundred twenty three dollars. Uh, earlier today, it was at one hundred two dollars. So just to give you a, a little <laughs> bit of range of of what's happened, so they took a bet about what they thought the future would be, and and the and. It hasn't come yet. That doesn't mean that the future won't come, right? So isn't this more about losing faith in Zuckerberg and in the, the organization rather than whether or not they spent a, a, a bunch of dollars? Tony, spent a bunch of dollars 
they spent $10 billion on something that doesn't exist and probably won't exist. It's like self-driving cars. People gambled on self-driving cars. I admire them for doing that, but they aren't here yet, and it doesn't look like they're going to be here soon. They spent, they just gambled their entire company, a trillion dollar company. That's irresponsible, Tony. Hey, you got to take risks. You make investments. I admire risk takers. This was just irresponsible. Everyone knew it was silly. Who's going to spend money on, a, on an avatar? Tony, people spend money on avatars, but $10 billion investing in avatars? You've got to be kidding me. Wall Street's hammering them, and good for Wall Street and bad for Facebook. Maybe they should fire Zuckerberg. Well, first, let's talk about Sheryl Sandberg, who is uh, leaving if she hasn't already left the company. Is this why she left? Disagreement with with Zuckerberg? This is no way to run a company? Uh, You know what? I don't know. I don't know if she's leaving because she was fired or because she's disagreeing with him. But, by the way, they've announced uh, head cuts. So there's going to be a dramatic reduction in staff and the, they had an activist investor who just sent a letter out today saying they need to eliminate this whole uh, metaverse investment. This is killing the company's cash flows. And the investor says, I invest for profits. Like Mr. Wonderful always says on Shark Tank, I want cash. I want money. Don't give me pretend and don't give me promises. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, so the, the, the question now comes to, they made their bet, and the bet doesn't work. You said it's time to get rid of, or maybe I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, it's time to get rid of Mark Zuckerberg. Is that possible? You know, we take a look at Google, and we forget the fact that while Sergey Brin and Larry Page created the company, it was Eric Schmidt who became CEO and made that company really and truly what it is. I don't know if you can necessarily point to the current CEO, Sundar Pichai of Alphabet, and say he's done, he's really advanced the company. So as much as just held on for dear life, it's Eric Schmidt who was there for the growth and understood what growth was possible. These guys are smart enough to know that they shouldn't be leading uh, the, the, the company. Are we to the stage, and this happens to CEOs, where they're no longer the right guy? The Indianapolis Colts, it's freaking Matt Ryan with an unbelievable track record, all those yards thrown, an inflappable leader. But eventually you got to make the change because you have to win in the next game. Facebook prepared to do this? You know, I don't know if if this is the right call. I mean, I was tongue-in-cheek, but let me tell you in all honesty, I don't know. Because remember when Apple got rid of Steve Jobs and then they had to beg him to come back and save the company, and he did? I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg is that person. I don't know if he took the advice of someone on Metaverse or it was his idea. But whoever's idea it was, it was a bonehead idea. But, you know, we're, we're glossing over one other thing here, and that is the long-term economic outlook from Meta, from Google. These companies had not just a bad gamble. Their revenue drop, their ad revenue drop, Tony, let's, you know, let's not get, avoid the topic, which is bad economic outlook due to dropping revenue from both Google and from Meta and from these other platforms that are dependent on ad revenue for their survival. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is the argument that they put so much effort into this non-world uh, that they didn't put enough effort into keeping ad dollars? Yes. Tony, exactly. Your radio station, the things that you do on Tony Katz platforms, you need sponsors. If you didn't get sponsors, Tony, you wouldn't exist. And Meta decided to go off and in la-la land try to develop avatars rather than focus on their ad revenue and their customers. 
It's an ad revenue generating business. That was the core of their success. They've been able to monetize social media. No one's been able to monetize social media like Meta and like Google. And they, they neglected their core business. How much of this are changes in the way certain nations do things? We've seen the European Union be very, very aggressive about privacy, massive changes to uh, what you can and cannot track. We saw Apple eliminate Facebook's uh, ability to engage certain level of trackings on their devices, um, showing that the device is really the keeper to the social media uh, dollars and and throne. Um, How much of this can be traced back to, if you, you want to argue, no, this is all Facebook making a terrible decision on Meta, how much of this is also possibly traced back to, in, in all of these uh, tech companies, to governments uh, across uh, the, the globe saying, privacy does matter, and we're going to show you whether you like it or not? Tony, you hit the nail on the head. You, you, you see, because I think you're in this industry, so you understand the, the need for revenue and ad dollars. And let me just jump over to Google. And because of the regulation that you're talking about, Google went from this last year having an increase year over year in revenue, increase of almost 40%. Next year, they're going to have a decrease in revenue of 40%. Tony, these are companies dependent on ad dollars, and you're right. When the government says, I'm sorry, you can't advertise to your customer. Well, then how do they expect companies to survive if they can't? You and I hate our pop-up ads, Tony. I'm sure we do. But you know what? I get a free app. I get a free app, and I tolerate the ads. And the government wants, uh, what, they want you to lose money if you're Alphabet. They want you to lose money if you're uh, Meta. They want you to lose money if you're, you know, pick your social media platform. Hey, I, l- listen, I, I have an entire radio program dedicated to cigars and bourbon. Best of luck trying to advertise that on Facebook. You can't. It can't be done. You also can't do it on Google. It's a tobacco product. It's a cigar. It's not a cigarette. We don't care. We're so unbelievably daft. We don't even pay attention to important distinctions. It's tobacco. It's bad. Therefore, we don't do it. Makes it very difficult. Makes the show uh, far more uh, opportunistic to profitability because we're one of the venues that you can advertise your product on, whether it's lighters or cigars or brand, etc. But social media, they're the ones who cut that out. That's not government cutting them out. That's them cutting out those types of product sectors. Is it possible with with the pressures on them that maybe they'll open up some sectors and they won't mind so much some of the political ads? Because after all, uh, baby's got to make a living. Uh, Mark needs new shoes or another mansion. Well, you know what? You're right, though, Tony, because you are a free discussion platform. And thank God for your platforms. Thank God that you trust the consumer to decide whether or not they agree with cigars or alcohol. So apparently you trust the consumer more than Facebook does or more than Google does. And you know what? Let's, let's throw another in the item in the mix, and that's Twitter. Because if you read this morning the, the Elon Musk letter, he said people don't understand why he's buying Twitter. He said, I'm buying Twitter, let me clarify, because I want free speech platform. So maybe he's going to go against the tide, against Alphabet, against Meta, and he's going to come out with free speech. So maybe you'll have some competition for free speech, Tony. You may, you're not going to be the only game in town anymore. I, I don't mind. Competition is good. By the way, um, uh, the, the, the purchase, never mind the purchase price, which is criminally insane, $44 billion. That's, that's, I, I, don't, I don't need you to tell me it's ridiculous. It's blanking <laughs> ridiculous. Um, 
how does that get looked at it, when that purchase goes through, which could be any second now? Well, no, you got you got to remember what you do if you're buying Twitter. What you're doing is if you buy Twitter right now, you are selling to Elon Musk because you can't hold on to it. It's going to be a private company. That's what's going to happen. So if you own it, you're going to be forced to sell your stock to him um, at the price that he's offering, which I think is, what, $54 a share, I believe. I, I don't recall exactly. So the price, in fact, right now, the price at this very moment is $53.97. And the reason is because it's right next to the price where he's going to pay you. If you can't pay more. You're not going to pay more than he's going to give you. That's silliness. The only reason it was lower is because people thought the deal wouldn't go through. There was a probability of it not happening. But once the deal's guaranteed for sure, it's, it's done. It's over. Part. It's no longer a public company. That, which brings us to the part two: uh, the the Facebook conversation, the Meta conversation. When you see that price down to basically a hundred dollars a share, does there come a moment, even with all of the mistakes that they've made, where that the, that stock price to you? I know you're not a, uh, this. This isn't your your world per se. Uh, that that becomes a buy. Is there a moment where people are like, yeah, you know, it's only going to go up from here? You know what, Tony, that's a, that's a good question. And actually, outside of my academic world, this is exactly my world, um, is investment advising. And I can tell you right now, um, I, okay, in full disclosure, because I don't want to get trouble with the SEC, I do not own Facebook directly. I might own it through a mutual fund because I do own indices. Um, but I can tell you that I think Meta is probably a very good buy at the moment because I believe that Mark Zuckerberg will stop the Meta capital expenditures I do think he will reverse this um, investment that he's done. And I think the free cash flows will come back from $316 million today. I believe they'll probably come back within a year, back to around 5 or $6 billion of free cash flows. So if they, if the they put an end to the insanity. Yeah. Oh, he, he can't, you know, unless he is a total dictator in his company, I think he's going to listen to investors. I think he's going to listen to the market. And he's going to respond. He'll cut back the investment. And I think the free cash flows will return. I, I really do. So I, I, I think that the free cash flows probably will be, a, well, the market consensus, I'll just tell you the market consensus rise now, the free cash flows will be $3.3 billion in the second quarter of next year. And that uh, this time next year, they're going to be about 3.3 as well. Uh, maybe I'm overestimating at five or six, but the market thinks they're, they're going to go up from $300 million to $3 billion. So are you a buyer right now? Um, I, I am not a buyer because I don't go and track individual stocks very much, and this is not one of the stocks I track. So I am not personally buying. But if you were to ask me, I would put it on my buy list. Yes. Hmm. Listen, you're not getting any financial advice from me, guys. That's I, I don't do it. Don't get financial <laughs> advice from me. We are not trying to we, – we, we are not investors. I do not own any Facebook stock. This is all Dr. Matt Will. I just want to be clear. I don't want anybody uh, getting on, on me. Check uh, with, with your professional before doing anything. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Dr. Matt Will on Twitter is where you find them. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Night with WIBC. That is tonight. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good time. Presented by Relay Indiana. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So I do a presentation. My presentation is sponsored by Premier Arms, PA Jewelers. I'll be wearing some of the bling. 
And and then uh, and then Kendall and Casey do a presentation, and then Hammer and Nigel do a presentation. I right, got a whole thing going on. Then we'll do more. Pre- it'll be good. I people always seem to enjoy it. It's our third one. It's our fourth one. It's our third one. It's our third one. Uh, and uh, is it our fourth one? No, it's our third one. It's a good party. It is a good time had uh, by all. There gonna be some beverages, you know, a couple of couple of adult libations, and uh, and then uh, jocularity will ensue. So looking forward uh, to that. I hope people. I uh, look. People are paying. People are paying their money. My job is to make sure they got their money's worth. They should walk away saying, "Damn, that was worth all the money I spent." I should have spent more. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go back and give Tony twenty bucks. That's that's only trying. That's only trying to accomplish. Just random people handing me a twenty. Say, hey, thanks for the good time. Looking forward to it. I'll see you guys tonight. A night with a WIBC presented by Relay Indiana. I got more of this show right here. You're in a good spot. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz today.